0: These just arrive in the inbox. You guys could record obscenity warnings and send them to us, and we will use them if they're good. If they're as good as this. Can we play that?
1: We like to think of our temples, synagogues, and Jewish centers as bulwarks against the galloping vulgarity that is overtaking
2: our public life. But even the JCC of Manhattan is powerless in the face of the occasional naughty word that could escape the lips of the hosts and guests of this podcast.
3: So before you tell yourself, we could have spent the time listening to something where the language is so much more
0: refined, remember, you were warned. (laughs) There's going to be a Kiddish uh, dinner, no, a Kiddish dessert and booze fest sponsored by First Bank. First we, Republic.
1: First Republic Bank. The only one we do not control. That's
0: <laughs> Yet. Yet. Hello, JCC Manhattan. Yeah. This is. Unorthodox, the world's leading Jewish podcast, coming to you live on tape from 76th in Amsterdam, the JCC of Manhattan. I am your host, Mark Oppenheimer, joined as ever by Tablet senior writer, Liel Libowitz. Shalom. Shalom. And by Tablet deputy editor, Stephanie Butnick. Hi. Our Jew of the Week this week is comedian and actor and writer, Judy Gold. <laughs>
2: yes.
0: And our Gentile of the Week is, he's like... He's a a real Gentile. (laughs) He's a a
1: real guy.
0: Except, as we'll discover, he's he's
1: not. He's more Jewish than any of
0: us. (laughs) It is Jesuit priest and author Father James Martin. Uh, Plus, we will take your questions and we'll play Jewish geography, and we will play unorthodox host trivia, and we'll give you some presents. Uh, And we will have you home in time for Real Housewives of New Jersey which is on tonight. New episode, I understand. But before we do...
3: Mark just discovered reality TV.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know the only reality TV the Oppenheimers do. do what? Know? Is MasterChef. My kids can imitate Gordon Ramsay. Very, like, they're British, they're British Gordon. I mean, all kids
1: could imitate Gordon Ramsay. All you have to do is, like, throw a tantrum.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, <laughs> they like that. basically they, Gordon Ramsay. They like that. In fact, we haven't talked about this, but in fact, when, when the kids are on vacation, they often have a family MasterChef where we have to do mystery boxes of ingredients and then they get to make things. <laughs> does, this, is, this
3: is actually a HelloFresh ad? Yeah, it does, it's
0: not. It's really not. Stephanie Taylor-Butnick, what is up? It's been a big week for you and you know what I mean. What happened? <laughs> wow,
3: really setting me up. So, okay, I was at Fairway the other day and I was, like, on the, on the checkout line and I was, like, if, to be honest, I was sending Ben a picture of the, like, meat I got and being like does this look weird to you or can I get it and someone came up to me and was like are you Stephanie from Unorthodox and I was like "Whoa, yes Whoa. I think so and it was Morgan and it's like a listener and it was amazing and she's gonna try to come to our live show in our, not- our next week's show at Beloved in Brooklyn and it was just like I felt like a celebrity because afterwards I could tell the guy behind me online was like who is she <laughs> whereas I was just like is this meat okay?
1: It like, was maybe okay. Ah, uh, marriage. Yeah. Honey, is this meat okay? So I, I, uh, I, I see your story. I really do. Uh, My celeb sighting and, and, of me. And, and I, I raise you the fact that one of our listeners, whose name I wish I had the wherewithal to look up before this live taping, um, uh, got a new cat. Did she name the cat Mark. No. She did not. She did not. Did she not. she named
3: Stephanie. <laughs> she did not.
1: Uh, she did not. Uh, there is now a cat in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I say this with, with half-dread, half-pride, uh, whose name is Leo. That cat, that cat is armed.
0: But <laughs> All that cats cat are has
1: armed. That cat has a vaguely menacing Israeli accent. He's like, uh, meow. cat uh, <laughs> food.
3: The cat only eats bamba. He does.
1: <laughs> Solely on bamba doesn't
0: sleep at night. But as I recall, Leo was the middle name. Yes. I think it's like it was, Tevye Leo. It was like Tevye
1: Leo, which is which fine, is by, me. fine it's by tradition, you. Fine you know? by you.
0: So, I, like I got that. It'd be nice if somebody named something after. I got nothing. On my home front, no no um, nothing about me, but the interesting thing is, for those of you who listen listened to the show, you know that I don't have an intimate relationship with um, with sports necessarily and even less so... I think the, that's very surprising to yeah. some of our listeners. And even... Like, the, looking at you, that's like, really? Even less so the contact sports and even less so what one friend of mine refers to as the helmeted sports. <laughs> like, um, like fencing. They're like, I hadn't thought of that way. <laughs> like fencing. But Rebecca has become a massive Patriots fan lately. Like, she knows... Ah. She is... Well, I mean, oh, guys... I'm sorry.
1: Those of you clapping, what the fuck are you clapping for? Like, <laughs> no, where, does,
3: where does the Upper West Side fall... <laughs>
1: Here
0: right. What are they hissing about? Like, what, she should be rooting for the Jets? I mean, what, she's, she's, I can only do what I can do, guys. I mean, it's, she's growing up in New England in the era of Tom Brady. But, but what's really interesting is she's become, like, deep, deep. I mean, I thought, and this is sexist to me, but I thought four daughters, I have dodged the football dad thing. Like, I don't, I will not have to go to practices. I, my Sundays are still free for. Reading. Reading. And. <laughs> Making souffles, Co- and, crochet, and, yeah, and you know, uh, and no, she in fact um, has been texting with my dad about football because it looked like we were head- my dad's from Pittsburgh. It looked like we were headed toward a Steelers Patriot. Maybe that was going to happen, and then it didn't. But she and Grandpa have bonded
1: over this. Come home, the kids having a beer. She's yes, <laughs> so, yo, Dad. But
0: she now has a Patriots sweatshirt, a Patriots knit cap, and we are going to Springfield um, in two weeks to watch the Super Bowl with my dad and I love that which is really sweet no it is it is really sweet but as I said I'm having to rejigger the whole expectations thing I mean the good news is she I don't think she wants to play football and and Mark would be like wait is this a home run (laughs) news of the Jews Neil Diamond you may have heard, is retiring from performance because he has Parkinson's disease.
1: we love to start you up on like a like a high note. Yeah. And Neil Diamond has Parkinson's. Is Neil Diamond, by the way, big Welcome in Israel? Welcome to the live show. Is yeah. he big in Israel? Nobody knows who that I is. I feel like
0: he really could be. Should yeah. be. He should be. Yeah, he should yeah. be. Um, yeah, we want to get the sad stuff out of the way. So the first thing is Neil Diamond. We just want to give a shout out. We wish him well. Rafu Shlema, he's... Obviously, a hero to us all. Second, this isn't sad. This is actually quite inspiring. But but it's it's a tough story. We want to give a shout out to uh, our woman, Ali Raisman, for <laughs> for telling it like it is about Larry Nassar. Um, in other news of the Jews, somewhat, something good.
3: Something good. Something good. Okay, something okay, good. okay, okay, okay,
0: good, something good. You may have heard about the um, the patch that some gun stores were selling. That was a star of David, but instead of saying Yuda in the middle, it said gun owner. I
3: thought they were like sheriff stars. Yeah,
0: right. Yeah, sheriff stars, right. It was a little 2016 TBT. (laughs) A St. Louis area gun store has stopped selling those yellow patches, like the ones that Jews were forced to wear during the Holocaust. So anyway, more empowering, we're sort of slowly ascending the the good news (laughs) ladder. This week in Gal Gadot. Liel. Which is a feature on
1: Tablet Magazine. It is. It, it, it is. It really it is. is. Liel writes it. This week in Gal Gadot. Well, a lot have happened this week in Gal Gadot, but my favorite bit of this week in Gal Gadot is that the mayor, th- this sounds like uh, an episode of like the Israeli, the office, um, the mayor, or maybe Veep, uh, the mayor of uh, Natsrat Elite decided that it was time for a big publicity stunt. The mayor, this is my favorite bit. His name is Mayor Plot. His actual name is Renan Plot. And so Mayor Plot, seeing that he was taking a a hit in the polls, it's like you know what the best thing to do uh, is open a new theater and name it after Gal Gal Gadot. And so the Gal (laughs) opened last week in Israel. And Mayor Platt gave this very heartwarming speech in which he said, I uh, just wanted to... (laughs) Inaugurate and dedicate this uh, theater uh, to tell all the uh, men and women in Israel that they could always follow their dreams, providing, of course, that they look like Gal Gadot. Uh, so this is a very empowering message to young Israelis everywhere. The Gal. You could catch movies at the Gal, the Gal if you're in Nazareth.
3: Is it like a Nighthawk thing with like food, or is it just like bare bones?
1: It has it has uh, chairs.
3: <laughs>
0: Does it show movies? Some chairs. It shows some
1: only Wonder Woman for uh, all time.
0: Right. So apparently there's some member of the Knesset who is like the, the selfie bandit.
1: Yes, he is. His name is? His name is Owen Chazen. Okay. He's a very wonderful Israeli legislator who, who is called, uh, with not a trace of irony, the Donald Trump of Israel. Uh, although he's not quite as uh, you know, smooth and kind of you know, soft-edged uh, as our president. <laughs> Uh, And so when the actual Donald Trump arrived to visit in May, um, Oren Khazan sort of like ran past security, grabbed the somewhat baffled uh, (laughs) Donald Trump and took a selfie on his phone. And so now this is like a perfect embodiment of Israeli politics. When uh, Vice President Mike Pence just visited Israel, the Speaker of the Knesset announced – uh, no member of Knesset is allowed anywhere near the airport. <laughs> which, is, which gives you a perfect insight into what happens when you give Jews a uh, state of their own to run. Right.
3: And all, like, the cell phone technology right. to take
0: The thing is, Trump loved it, right? It was the highlights. It's, it's the only thing he'll actually remember from the trip mm-hmm. is that there was this member of Knesset who selfie. A very him. nice man who... Remember that very nice Jew? A little man with a little beanie on his head who counts my money? <laughs> A television station in France is being taken to task for a show in which they aired uh, a joke told by a Belgian comedian about the Holocaust. (laughs) Belgians. Some of (laughs) you may know Lyon has a special place in his heart for the Belgians. I don't actually. It's not the Belgians, it's Belgium. It's Belgium.
1: Low country, low morals. (laughs) That's what I say. (laughs) All right. The pedophilia capital of the world. I will say this again and again. You're going to get sued by Belgium. You know? Let them prove that they're not the pedophilia capital so, of the world. So France 2, excuse me, France
0: oh. uh, 2, on, uh, on a TV show aired a joke by Laura Lone. Uh, on its, it was on its 8 p.m. news journal. Um, she was a winner of the 2017 season of the French version of America's Got Talent, which I love how I read, it's like, do they have a show called America's Got Talent? <laughs> Probably it's not.
1: France est formidable.
0: France. Vive le France. And the joke she told—has anyone heard this story yet? No. Okay. Oh, then you're in for a treat. So the first thing you should have to do is know that the European shoe sizes come in the 30s and 40s. Hold, hold that. Hold, hold that in your space for a moment. Okay? <laughs> it's very high concept. The, this joke. She told the joke. What do sneakers and Jews have in common? <laughs> They're more common in 39 than in 45. <laughs> it's yep. just so
3: random. It like, takes like, it's so, so many specific. Leaps. Yeah. And like, when was she thinking, like, okay, so shoe sizes are 39 and 40. Like, it's dark and twisted. It's a little funny. But That's it's also funny. just like, who thinks like that? No, 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 no How do no. we even get there?
1: Here's the thing it's a great fucking joke. But, but, but. but
0: it's actually a the week, definition of a joke we could tell that she can't. That is true.
1: <laughs> a week earlier, uh, another comedian uh, by the name of Tex goes on, uh, <laughs> and he tells the following joke. I am not making this up for effect. This is actually the joke that he told the joke is the prior week. What the prior week, the prior week to this? What do you say to a woman who has two black eyes? Beat, beat, nothing. Someone has already tried to explain something to her twice and it didn't work. Right. You know what happens? Everyone in France is like, "Mais ce n'est pas amusant." But this is about domestic violence. This is not something that we laugh about. And the comedian is booted off the show. Now, the following week, this lady comes and makes a joke about the Holocaust. And everybody's like, ah, mais me, c'est très bien, joke." it, I mean, yeah, yeah, it, really was, it was bold so, and so daring. In, in, yeah, in, bold in, and daring. So edgy. Right, in, in the uh, kind of order of right. moral outrage in France, domestic violence here. Uh the Holocaust. Meh. Nah, nah. The pro- I mean thanks, thanks, France. Thanks, Thanks, France. The problem, of course,
0: is she didn't come and get her Hector sure from us, right? If she had told if she I mean seriously, if she had told the joke on Unorthodox, it would because Well
3: we'll see. We, we got Judy Gold on later. We'll 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 get, yes, there. Yes, we'll get there. We
0: will get there. We will get there. Our Facebook group has been, it's now over 2,000 strong. It's about, you know, it, it's its amazing. And there's a fellow, I don't know where he's from, Jerry Yitzi Sandberg. You're not here, are you Yitzi? No, okay. Who's been posting a joke a week.
1: <laughs> and I'm going to tell like you. It's like the juiciest thing you could yeah.
0: do. Which we
1: love so I'm going to tell you what.
0: All right, so an elderly this is all credit to Jerry Yitzi Sandberg. I love this one An elderly Jewish woman Goes to her rabbi Rabbi, she says I have a problem My husband and I Have been married For a long time And while we still Try to enjoy An active Physical relationship He can't Perform like he used to No, Said the rabbi They have a pill for that He would never take it His pride wouldn't Let him, rabbi Here's what you do Says the rabbi Friday night You crush up the pill And you put it In his noodle soup He'll never know Friday night. The wife does as her rabbi suggests. She grinds the pill up into his soup and serves it to him. When she goes into the kitchen to get her soup, a blood-curdling scream comes from the dining room. Rushing into the dining room, she asks her husband, what's the matter? What's the matter? The noodles, he yells. They're standing up. I like that you, I like
3: that you use your, like, religious Jew voice. My religious yeah. yeah. Jew voice. That's a, joke.
1: That's a good joke. <laughs> Basically, you're putting on Jew face for this joke. It's like, the noodles are the I husband. Knows. They're standing up.
0: Aye. Oh my lord. All right, enough of us. Shall we? Shall we shall we gentilify this? Let
1: us let us bring up can, can I say like the, the, the amazing thing of, of welcoming someone whose like actual title is father? Which like not even my children call me. <laughs> Like, people call me, like, Achi, brother, Bro. a lot, but, like, this is, I'm very excited. I'm yeah. a very big Father James Martin fanboy. You
0: you so are a big, is, like... This is a big moment. He's the father you never
1: President.
3: had. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, be cool.
0: Be cool. Keep it. Keep it together. Keep it together.
3: All right, guys. Our Gentile of the week tonight is Father James Martin. He's a Jesuit priest and the editor at large of America magazine. He's written a ton of books, including Between Heaven and Mirth about humor and religion. He went to Wharton. He's been on the Colbert Report, and he is just like a major Catholic. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Father, so what, 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 what should we call you? Father? Jim's Mister... fine. Oh, Jim. Jim, okay. Yeah,
0: it's fine. But are there people if you don't like them are you like it's father Jim. <laughs> Do you play the father
4: card sometimes? No. But people sometimes people have a hard time calling me Jim, so they'll just call me father.
1: And and, I'm fine and with we that. spoke in the green room, your mother does not call you father.
4: No. I was saying that among some very religious Catholic families that the parents call the son father, which is really weird. So it's like, "Oh, yeah, Father Jim was just by to say mass for us." And it's kind of creepy. So my mother said, do I have to call your father? And I said, please do not.
0: It's a little too Freudian for me. Jim then, asked, Jim then asked us, he said, do mothers whose sons are rabbis call their son like Rabbi Shlomo? And we had to think about that, like, no, they would say my son, the rabbi, but they wouldn't say Rabbi Shlomo was over. Right.
3: Not to be confused with like my son, the doctor, and right. my son, the lawyer. Right, right. So you're like a cool priest. Do, are people surprised? Like, are people expecting something different when they see father, you know, they hear father, they hear priest?
4: I don't know what they're expecting. And some people do not think I'm a cool priest, so it all balances out.
3: <laughs> but do you find that there is like a stereotype, like that there are perceptions people have that you're going to be intimidating, oh. you're going to be hard, you know?
4: No, I think the stereotype of the priest is that you don't know anything. So, you know, I, I, uh, I would go to parties and people would say, "I oh, you, what do you do? Um, I'm an, I remember this vividly. I'm an investment banker. Now, that's not like a bank. <laughs> that means that, I said, I know, I went to Wharton. Uh, and they're like, oh, oh, that's fascinating. So now the idea that you just you don't know how to drive a car. You've, I was on the subway recently, you're talking about people recognize you. And this woman came up to me and said, are you Father Jim Martin? And I said, yes. Yeah. She goes, I can't believe you're in the subway. <laughs> and I said, well, how, how do you think I get around New York? <laughs> I don't know. But, I don't know but, how priests get around. People
0: flying carpet. No, I mean that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Special mm-hmm. decree. So, you were that, Leal? Father Jim takes the well, subway. You might want to try it sometime. <laughs> along, I mean, with, along with us mortals. That's yes. right. That's right. <laughs> so, um, Father Jim, you went to Wharton. I and did. then you worked for General Electric. I did. And that wasn't fulfilling enough? It was not. <laughs> yeah, surprise. Um,
4: no, I, w- I went to Wharton. I studied business and um, alma mater of certain
0: leaders of the free world. Yes, yeah. yes. Well,
4: himself went to both uh, the University of Pennsylvania and Fordham University, so I am doubly embarrassed.
0: <laughs> um,
4: yeah, no, I went to Penn and uh, then took a job at GE and worked there for six years in New York and in Connecticut, and then I found that I really was in the wrong place, and I t- saw a documentary on a, Th- a Trappist monk called Thomas Merton, and that, you know, as they say, I saw the light, finally. Um,
0: how Catholic were you before you saw the documentary?
4: I always described myself as a lukewarm Catholic. So I didn't know what a religious order was. I went to mass most Sundays, not all Sundays. I didn't go to a Catholic school. I didn't go to a Catholic high school. Certainly Penn, as you know, is not a Catholic school. <laughs> um, we'll go into that later. Uh, so it kind of took me by surprise, and it took my, certainly my parents and all of my friends by surprise. In fact, tonight I just had dinner with a friend who— when I told him that I was leaving GE to enter the Jesuits, I was seeing like a, a psychiatrist at the time because I was so stressed about work. He said, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? You should see a psychiatrist. And I said, I am seeing a psychiatrist. He said, you should see
1: another psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, people were surprised. And your parents uh, upon, this, uh, upon this uh, announcement were not. Angry. Amused.
4: Uh, horrified. You know, they, and I don't blame them because you know they didn't know any Jesuits and they didn't know any priests really. And so it came out of the blue. And I really hadn't talked to them about it with anybody because I didn't know a whole lot of Catholic friends. So I didn't know who to talk to about with.
1: Y- you told us backstage that the, the one thing that you heard more than anything when you announced you decided to be a, a Jesuit is... Mazel tov.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: okay, I'm the so most let's...
1: Jewish Jesuit you will ever
0: meet. So <laughs> let's go. What year were you at Penn? Uh, 1978 to 1982. Okay. So you're the glory it's, years. It's, it's, it's the late 70s, the early 80s, the dawn of the Reagan era in West Philadelphia. And <laughs> you're at Penn, uh, a school that is how Jewish? They say 40%. It's, it's, 40%. And you're looking around at all of these Jews. What did you think of Jews back then? I Well, I grew up. I grew up in a largely Jewish neighborhood. So
4: the joke of, you know, some of my best friends, all of my best friends were Jewish growing up. I went to more bar and bat mitzvahs than I can count. I went to zero confirmation and communion parties, really. And so I went to Penn. All my friends were Jewish in high school. And so but what cute. did I think about it?
0: It's like, it was like being in my family. And they were all, they're all never, Jewish. Okay, it was like, what did they think about me? So that's a strange thing. But I... Okay, granted, and I but I, I feel like that dodges the question a little. Like, you you must have had a sense of difference. Then. What did you think about not being Jewish then? What did you think about that? Oh, the, that was if I were short. If I were, you know, I have thoughts, for example, about having been a white person who grew up in a city that was largely minority. I mean, what the, the, the nice thing about it was they were people to me. Humans were humans to me. But it wasn't a non-thought to me that I was in the minority there. Uh, honest
4: to God, I was so comfortable that I did not give it—seriously, uh, I did not give it a second thought. I just knew—I mean, I'm— you know, I knew I knew more Jews growing up than Catholics. And so the I didn't know any devout Catholics at Penn. So I knew all, you know, all the Jewish people in my hall and all the Jewish people I live with. And, you know, I was the object of curiosity. So you for them. were
0: not from Springfield, Massachusetts, like no. me.
4: Okay. We, had, we, we had in our house off campus a Christmas tree one year. And, you know, all the Jewish guys in my house were fascinated. By the way, we live next door to a Lubavitcher rabbi, rabbi community. So this was, you know, so, so the fascination for them was like, where do I put the ornament? You know, that kind of stuff. And... Actually, the the other thing that happened was uh, when Lent came around, um, my Jewish friends said, "Well, what happens at Lent?" I said, "Well, you know, you give something up." And they this is a true story. They said, "Well, who decides that?" And I said, "Well, I decide that." And they said, "Well, where's the where's the toughness in that? We should decide that."
3: <laughs> so it was like so. It was like so let me tell you.
4: So for the last thirty years, my Jewish friends at Penn have told me what to give up for Lent. <laughs> Every. Ash Wednesday, Rob Schlackman calls me <laughs> and tells me to give up a foodstuff, <laughs> a, food a spice, and a candy every Lent. Which is, which is, and, and I told my Catholic friends this, like, and they said, you're right, why, how hard is it for you to give something up? So the first year it was orange soda and snowballs, snowball pastries, <laughs> and
0: could they we, checked. Could we have a tablet America Magazine swap? Where Could you find someone at... America who wants, who can't figure out what to give up for Lent, and we will decide for them. <laughs> it's very
1: hard. One and then time, us. <laughs> when I married the Jesuits,
4: of course, what did they tell me to give up? Sex. That was my, that wow. was for Ash Wednesday. So yeah, so I was <laughs> for every, yes, I, Wednesday. I, I was the object of curiosity to
1: pen right. not the other way around. Yeah. I see. Yeah. All right. Give us sex for this Wednesday and every other and Wednesday. And every Ash Wednesday and every that, day. That comes. For the rest right. of your life. Yeah. yeah. It was a hard Lent. Um, so your recent book, uh, as, as I've Said before, I have read all of them. Um, could we just could we get the name for our listeners? Sure, so it's actually it?
4: I have a hard time remembering it. Uh, it's building a bridge: colon, how the Catholic Church and the LGBT community can enter into a relationship of respect, compassion, and sensitivity. Whoa! Okay, does okay. that
3: fit in a tweet?
4: <laughs> what's that? Does
3: that fit in a tweet? A tweet. The nice thing tweet? about a long
4: subtitle is when publishers or reviewers, uh, you know, sort of talk about your book, they kind of have to say what it's right. about. So it's like a little mini
1: ad. How did Building a Bridge come about? What what motivated you to sit down and write that book?
4: So in 2016, there was the um, uh, Pulse nightclub massacre where 49 people were killed. And I noticed that uh, almost no bishops, no Catholic bishops said something. So for example, the, the killing we had just uh, today uh, or yesterday, the bishops came out with a statement. There was no such statement for the um, LGBT people. And I thought that was really appalling. Uh, and so I did a little Facebook video about that that got a lot of hits and then I was asked to give a talk about that subject and I talked about building bridges between the Catholic hierarchy and the LGBT community and then it became a book. Um, So part of it's the call for dialogue and part of it's a call for prayer. So passages from the Old Testament and the New Testament that um, invite people to think about how God reaches out to the marginalized and how Jesus reaches out to people who feel marginalized. So. Now,
1: what really moved me about this book is that it wasn't just a call for you know, the church to, to you know observe this community and address its needs, but it's also a call to the LGBT community to... See the uh, or, or look at a church with you know with respect and 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 with dignity and and kind of really try to foster a dialogue. Now y- you see every day the the viciousness uh, that people uh, you know kind of have online towards each other. You see every day the kind of sort of just attack uh, mode that people uh, automatically gear towards when when they talk about these issues are you hopeful do you still believe that a dialogue is possible yes
4: yeah i mean as a christian uh, we're people of hope um you look at the resurrection that's a message of hope we feel that god is with us uh, and with everybody and so absolutely hopeful and i think that enables me to move past some of the uh, invective and some of the bitterness and and really cruelty and hatred so, yeah, I'm very hopeful. And yet there have been repercussions for you having written this book, right? There have. Um, canceled talks and, um, you know, horrible, hateful things on Facebook and Twitter and phone call. I got a phone call today. Um, so, yeah, there are. But, I mean, you know. Phone call it's saying, a big, it's, we're
1: really sorry we're not going to have you speak because some people – On Twitter, were angry that you said nice things about gays. Yes, Mm -hmm. yeah, and then they they get upset and they get fearful and then they
4: sort of cave and they you know they panic and then they cave. So, but it's okay. I mean, you know, Jesus got. Uh, opposition, obviously, and um, you know it shouldn't. What do you it, mean? So, so we're here. <laughs> it shouldn't. It shouldn't might, stop might, us. Might have been our fault it, a little no, bit there. No, you know? no, it
1: was not your fault. Thank um, you. Yes. Thank you for that. Um, yes. Paging. So, so, hold paging. Hold on, punches. So, pilot. That's who so call it was. Minister to us when we see the same angry voices online. When we see the same hateful responses, what what are we to do? What is what is the kind of you know exercises that you would recommend? My yeah.
4: exercise is ignore them. That's my exercise. Um, I mute the people who are crazy. I ban and delete people on Facebook. <laughs> and because, you know, I, it, it took me a long time to kind of get to this place. And the insight for me is not everyone's going to like me. Not everyone's, Very few people are going to love me online. And that's okay. And I don't need to be approved of or liked or loved. And I don't need to enter into these useless dialogues with people who are either mean, you know, uh, uneducated in terms of Catholic theology or a bot. Right or to use a, <laughs> a theological term, crazy. <laughs> right? People who attack me generally think they're more Catholic than I am. I, I sometimes say that they're so Catholic that they're barely Christian, you know. Um, and when I try to, uh, you know, either to dialogue with them, they don't accept it, and they just say you're going to hell and you're a heretic. So, now, and th- so this I, I, I'm drive you to you
1: crazy. Like I'm fucking Jesuit priest. Like really, <laughs> Are you gonna play the Catholic card with me? Like look at, look at this. You don't, you don't play that like the sometimes car game. it does.
4: But you know what happens if you even hint at that, you will be pilloried. Oh, Mister Humble, you know. And so, you know, what's the point? I'm not going to engage all that crap. But you know, Jesus says in the Gospels, you know, if you call your brother a fool, you'll be liable to the Sanhedrin. So he was pretty strong about that. And I try to follow what he says. I think that's a good rule.
3: Father Jim, you came with a question for us. I know you know a lot of Jews, but like now
1: <laughs> and, you finally... And possibly more about more than Judaism we, and... than we do, but okay. Uh,
4: I did have a question, um, which was, I'm always curious uh, about the phenomenon of Jewish people who do not believe in God. I find that fascinating. I have a rabbi friend who I've talked to about this, and I'm just curious if you think that is a common phenomenon, the whole idea of it being a cultural Jew, um, it's less common in Catholicism or Christianity because people just leave, right? I'm not Christian, or I'm not Catholic anymore. How common is that, and and where does that fit in kind of Jew, the Jewish world? Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah. Do we
0: each want to take this? Sure. Stephanie, right, you
5: want to go first? No, I want
0: to go. Last? Yeah. Okay. I <laughs> think <laughs> you should go first.
5: If we have time, after you guys have answered, we could also... Hunt the question to the audience if anyone wants to answer it for themselves. That's a
0: great idea. And and then we're going to get Father Jim to do our obscenity warning for a forthcoming week, and then we'll be done. Uh, Yeah, I have friends in the Orthodox world who say that they think, you know, 30% of the people they go to school with uh, aren't necessarily believers. Um, I think it's pretty— Common and for me, I would just say you know the, the cliche in the Jewish world is that it's it's a religion of action, not belief. I think that really is true. You guys, I mean, Protestants in particular, and and mo- many people who come to Catholicism, you join as an act of faith, and we join as an act of being born. Mm. So um, now there there are people that are Jews by choice, and but but even they, it's like the, the quiz isn't do you believe in God? Um, that's not what conversion is about. And so I think that that. I, think, I take very seriously the idea that Judaism is about, um, about many things. It can be about identity with the community. It can also be about keeping mitzvot, keeping commandments. But that um, p- my own personal p- theology is most people's belief fades in and out. And for some, it's 99% atheism and 1% something else. And some, it's the reverse. And other people are in the continuum. But it actually strikes me as a fairly weak basis for religious identity. Hmm. Ta-da.
1: You Lyle. One of the funniest uh, things that Freud, who was funny— Uh, ever wrote was this essay on the uncanny which begins by saying, you know, not only did he not believe in ghosts, he was also not afraid of them. Um, (laughs) I think this is kind of the attitude that even non-believing Jews have with God. Like, not only do I not believe in God, I'm also not afraid of God. Mm. Uh, And so I personally don't uh, see the essence of of Judaism as possible. Uh, Kind of divorced from belief in God, but I think there's a sort of real Talmudic, uh, connection, uh, even among those who profess their disbelief. Mm. Uh, you know, there's this famous Talmudic tale of like two rabbis arguing and, you know, one of them saying like, well, if I, if I'm right, let this tree dance and the tree dances. And the other one says, well, if I'm right, let this well erupt and the well erupt. And then the first one says, well, if I'm right, let God, Himself come down from heaven and proclaim it so. And God comes and says, Well, yeah, the first rabbi is right. And the second rabbi says, That may be your opinion, God, but like here on <laughs> earth, like we decide. Uh, I think that's kind of the, the, the essence of Jewish. You is know, that like
3: the first Twitter troll? I think
1: so. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I am
1: HIO. I love that. I, I think that allows you to have this kind of relationship of disbelief that is based in profound belief.
3: Well, I think. Judaism is so much about questioning. From a young age, we're taught to question basically everything. And if you look at sort of these like Talmudic exchanges, it's all about sort of fighting and and, and intellectually questioning and just wondering. And so to me, that actually, it, it makes sense then that a lot of Jews would question this idea of God. Like to me, it doesn't, it's not the craziest thing. And if you go all the way back to the Bible, I think that these conflicted, conflicting relationships with God are a hallmark of Judaism in a lot of ways. And it doesn't take away from someone's Jewish identity in any significant way, necessarily.
0: Does any of you have anything to add? Emma? Inter- former take, take intern-, it away. intern emerita, Emma Davis. Emma Davis.
5: Hi, I'm Emma. I- so when you asked this question, I had so many thoughts coming to mind because. I haven't believed in God for a very long time, um, but I do consider myself Jewish, and I think there's such cultural wealth there that it's easy to join the community and not worry about the spiritual side of it, but especially working at Tablet, you are exposed a lot more to the Talmud and fragments of the Torah, and as someone who loves literature, I've come to see it as also a source of inspiration in the same way I would a great novel. I don't necessarily see the author as God, but it's still meaningful to me, and so I think there are many ways to relate to Judaism that don't involve religious rites, which are the parts that I most struggle with because i don't want to do it for appearance's sake. I want to find some conviction in it.
4: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
5: Can I add something really quickly, which is yes. just this is a sort of a somber note, but so my grandparents are Holocaust survivors, like Stephanie's as well. We've talked about this a lot at work. And for me, like if I'm asked what, what's the biggest part of your, Jewish, of your identity as a human on the world, number one is always that I'm Jewish and that my grandparents were Holocaust survivors. Number two is always I'm a woman and I'm a feminist. And number three is always I'm, I'm an Australian. I'm a woman of privilege from a Western country and everything that comes with that. But I think growing up, knowing that you're Jewish I mean, maybe you're, you're, you're the descendant of Holocaust survivors, maybe you're not. We're all descendants of Jews who were persecuted by virtue of being born as Jews. I. It sounds somber, but I think that that's also so much part of it. Like, I don't have a choice. I am Jewish because other people are always going to tell me that I'm Jewish and there are people who don't like Jews who are always going to remind me of that. And I take that legacy very seriously as I get older, especially, and as like, you know, older generations die out that becomes very important to me so i, I think that that's it's somber but it's also an inheritance that I, I think is an of as an honor that you you don't get to choose that you're jewish other people will tell you that you're R, even if you you try to keep it secret and i feel like that's always worth mentioning in like conversations about jewish identity like separate from religion or faith it's just yeah it's a legacy you inherit mm. anyway
0: Thank you.
4: It's my,
5: my It's a music.
0: very <laughs> beautiful. It's a very profound question. Um, on another note, would you do us the honor of giving recording a future obscenity warning that begins with <laughs> "This is Father James Martin," and and then what? Just uh, I, you know, just warn people that there might obscenities, be obscenities. There might be swears on the show. It's a warning. Don't listen because if you are afraid of swears, you know. There may be words that Jesus would have found. Very yeah, could it be very efficient? Christian? Could you make it really? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not
4: Jewish, more Christian, Christian warning. Uh, Do I have to say the name of the show? No. No. Okay, all right. Hi, this is Father Jim Martin. The show you are about to listen to may contain a few obscenities, so please be warned, and uh, don't be too offended. God bless you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Father Father Jim Martin, thank you so much. Where can we find you? Where can we follow you? Where can we read your books? Uh, On the
4: Upper West Side, apparently. What? (laughs) Uh, So um, I have a Zabars, that's right, perhaps. Um, I have a Facebook page, Father James Martin SJ. I am on Twitter, James Martin SJ. I'm on Instagram, James Martin SJ. And I am on Snapchat, James Martin SJ. Whoa,
3: and will you tell our audience what the SJ is for, who might not know?
4: Society of Jesus, which is the formal term for the Jesuits, uh, which someone called me the other day and said stood for a stupid jerk. (laughs)
3: Wow, that is amazing! Yeah, thank or you. Soft
4: job, sometimes we say. <laughs> super Jew, super, super Jew. Yeah. <laughs> Ta-da. All right.
3: Father James, Super Jew. Thank you so much for being here.
0: J. Crew. Thanks for listening to our live show recorded recently at JCC Manhattan. If you want to tell us what you think, well, we would love to hear it. And there are two ways. There's the old-fashioned way with this thing called email. You can write to us at unorthodox at tabletmag.com. But we would also really love to hear your voice. And we've been having a lot of fun playing your messages on the air. So the listener line, the feedback line is 914-570-4869. That's 914-570, State of Israel, Woodstock. Give us a call, let us know what you think. If you missed us at our recent live show at JCC Manhattan, you have a chance to hang out with us in a more intimate setting. Unorthodox is coming to Brooklyn on Tuesday, January 30th at 7 p.m. Join me and Liel and Stephanie for a fun informal night of schmoozing with Rabbi Sarah Luria at Beloved, a creative Jewish crossroads space based in a home in Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. We'll be talking about the making of the podcast, Jewish life, our favorite books, TV shows, and much more. Come and say hi, have some snacks, and ask the questions of us that you always wanted to ask in real life tickets are $15. You can reserve yours now at unorthodoxbrooklyn.splashthat.com. We're also going to pop the link in the show notes and on the Facebook page. Uh, but listen, if the cost is prohibitive, there are some scholarship tickets available. Shoot us an email at unorthodox at tabletmag.com and we'll help set that up. A new idea for 2018. If you are a fan of the show and you've been evangelizing to all of your friends and they're all like, what's unorthodox? Or even, what's a podcast? Or, who's this crazy, marathon-running, gun-loving guy on the Upper West Side called Liel? And... What kind of name is Liel? Well, listen, this year you can host an unorthodox listening party in your home, a synagogue, or JCC, and one or maybe more of the hosts will Skype in or G-chat in or something with your group for a discussion afterwards, and we'll even send you some swag to distribute at the party. It's like a book club, but without having to pretend you've actually read the book. And it's cooler. So email us at unorthodox at tabletmag.com, put listening party in the subject line, and we will help you set that up. We're very excited to get this going.
3: Our Jewish guest is the one and only Judy Gold. She's a comedian. She's had stand-up specials on HBO, Comedy Central, and Logo, and she now is the host of the hit podcast, Kill Me Now. She is amazing. She's here tonight. Judy Gold. (laughs) Very formal.
1: By the way, that's a star, like... She's walking right out yeah. of the green room, be like, "Oh hi!" Yeah, because yeah, I really have such an attitude. Listen,
2: you know I love this podcast. I, know, I have it's to amazing. say, I'm a fan of the podcast. Thank you. Um,
1: this podcast I, loves you very yeah. much. Oh, I,
2: I I can't believe I didn't think of this podcast. It's so annoying. I would have been like a really good. You would have killed. You you know. could, you you yeah, could've, you
3: would have. You could have replaced me. Or only the Why you. would you see only a woman would I know, say you I know. could as replace me As yeah. I said it, I was I like, these two are You don't need them. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna like You're go out, out there soon. stuff. Yeah. So we can just do like our own. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. In fact,
1: we can leave right now. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> <fine. He is, laughs> it
3: So you're not just a comedian who's Jewish. You're very much a Jewish comedian. Your Twitter handle is literally at J E W D Y Gold. Right. Yes. I I You're not
0: assimilating.
2: No, I have not assimilated. I um <laughs> you know it's I all right so often I get asked this um by uh newspapers because you know they'll interview me they'll say are you do you d- identify more as gay or Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> and there is not even a comparison. Okay? I am a Jew. I I look like a Jew. I think like a Jew. I eat like a Jew. I am a Jew. That is who I am. I happen to be attracted to, you know, women. So I, that's who I love, but who I am, I am a Jew. I am a Jew through and through and I am a proud Jew through and through. I love being a Jew. I love it. And my mother, I'll say, uh, she grew up on the Upper West Side and in, uh, she was born in 1922 and they didn't. Girls didn't go to Hebrew school. And every day after school, she went over to Sharay Zedek on Ninety Third, which is now becoming a condominium. I, I can't. And um, she sat in the boys' Hebrew school class voluntarily. That is how much she loved, you know, being a J.
0: Yeah. And we're at the J. A J. At the yeah. J. Can you? I got this. Wasn't on my script. But I got to ask because yeah. we, as you know, we talk about this. How, your feelings about Jewess as a word. Jewess? yeah,
2: because it's the same. I feel that way about comédienne too. You don't like it. Uh, just uh, do we have to gender everything? So, you Are know you, what I mean? are you oh. an actor or an actress? I'm an actor. You know,
0: see, it was just like was it. we were I talking about like, that earlier, and we we're like, but actually, actress was never derogatory. I mean, unlike no, some, it's
2: just that, unlike that,
0: Aviatrix, which was Amelia right. Earhart and nobody.
2: It makes it about. <laughs> it makes it about the the you know, gender of the of the performer. I think comedian
3: strikes I think you're right there's something diminutive comedian. about it yeah like, yeah. like, like you're not a, know, a Sophie
2: Tucker. it's like a little yeah, yeah it's like a mini comedian you know what yeah. I mean a like, <laughs> like
0: pocket
1: size yeah is yeah. someone who has to like uh, bring a brisket before right. she goes on stage you yeah. and the brisket it's yes. this is twice yeah. you've yeah. mentioned
2: brisket have I you know. noticed that I'm it's like ever me. since Liel
1: decided to lose 100
0: pounds and start keeping kosher every conversation uh, is just brisket really yeah. so
2: wait the kosher thing is new for yeah, you it is newish did you grow up kosher
1: yeah I did yeah but, but then, still, he was all about bacon. He went
0: bacon. Off. Yeah, he went off. The what dirt. was your favorite?
1: Like pork or yeah. shellfish? Uh, no, no shellfish. Yeah, uh, bacon. You never had shellfish? I did. I don't care about it. I yeah. care about bacon. Bacon is very yeah, delicious. Yeah, bacon
2: is the thing for it people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You grew up kosher too. I grew up kosher T- to the point my mother was so kosher that you know if you use the wrong spoon, so you use like a meat spoon for ice cream. It was as what the why not? I can't believe what is going on. It was. I, I was like, what? What's going on? Are we are, are we getting bludgeoned to death here? What? Ha-? I don't understand it. I tried so hard. It was unbelievable. The the reaction to the wrong spoon, you know. And then after we got struck by lightning, she would. Take it, you know the 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 rule is that you bury it in the earth, right? Which most people know because of Kerbier enthusiasm. I think is that true? Yeah. So uh, like, oh, or my, my mother, who would in the wintertime, when it was too cold, we had a big garden, but she, it was too cold. She couldn't get. She'd put them in the house plants. So people <laughs> would come over for dinner and be like, "Why is there a fork in the fern? <laughs> and I'm like, "Please don't." And and then. When they would, you know, we had a huge vegetable garden and they would <laughs> dig it up. In On the, the Upper West Side? No, I grew up in New Jersey, please. Okay. Um, and they would dig it up, the Garden State, and we would have like a new set of silverware <laughs> every.
0: It was ridiculous.
2: But the the reaction that, you know, I can't buy. I mean, it was like.
1: But there so were people in your family who introduced you to the glories of the BLT.
2: Uh, this is what happened. My grandmother. Dorothy, who uh, was born in 1896. Uh, she lived, at the end of her life, she lived at the Hebrew Home for the Aged in uh, Connecticut. And one day I went there to have lunch with her and we went to this place called Peterson's. And, um, you know, I get the usual Jew lunch. It's either, you know, tuna on rye, egg salad, no butter. And my grandmother says... I'd like a BLT, don't tell your mother. And, uh, it shattered everything for me. I couldn't believe that there was this whole other side of the family that thought my mother was crazy, you know?
0: But yeah. You did a show on Jewish mothers, right? Wasn't it? Yes,
2: 25 questions with? for a Jewish mother. A Actually, my, my writing partner, my co writer, Kate Moira Ryan, is here, not Jewish. And uh, <laughs> she's in love with Jim. And. Um, so we, we went around the country and we interviewed Jewish mothers all over the country. We asked them, uh, tw- well, we started, we had like 50 questions to start with. And then we were like there for, you know, three days asking these questions. And then we cut them down to 25. And it was really at the time when I became a Jewish mother. And I thought, where do I fit into this world? Because I'm a lesbian, you know, and I don't want to be like my mother, and unfortunately there's really yeah you know, there's nothing you can do there's about no it. <laughs> <laughs> okay so what
0: what yeah. what are the like in my in my family I don't I don't think I got the mold. Nobody cooks with garlic. People are generally on time. It it's you know, that is so not Jewish. That's not what it's... Yeah, no, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, oh, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What are the important data points? Like, what... Well, the if, first question... If I question, go home and say to Sid, like, you know, Sid, you've got four kids. Are you Jew-mothering them? What do right. I? What are the questions?
2: Uh, do you know exactly where they are right now, what they are doing, and everything they ate today? That is... Those would be the questions that you could answer. Um... We, you know, when we went to these women's homes and we would ask them, you know, the first question. You we just asked arrive
0: is, in town and be like, "Where, where are the old Jewish ladies?" We
2: would call uh, synagogues or Jewish community centers and say, "Listen, That's... like I had, I have a gig. Like we went to uh, Reno. I, th- I don't. If we, we would wherever I had a gig, and we would call some local synagogue or and we 'We're doing this project. Is anyone interested?' And you know, if a Jewish woman could talk about herself, that you know, uh, we had a lot of volunteers. So. <laughs> But we always asked them, the first question was, what makes a Jewish mother different from a non-Jewish mother? And the, one of the first women we interviewed said, we love our children more. <laughs> <laughs> we love our children more. And we were like, not using that one. Let's move on.
1: Um, yeah, Father Jim, we're so sorry. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Jim, shh. Keep but it in the room, okay? The one thing they all had in common was there was always food. You know, there was always some sort of food. I made this. What do you want to eat? You know, uh, and it, it, I really felt like, you know, this whole notion of being kicked out of every country, you know, for your, int- for every generation, we've been, the, we hate you. Bye. Um, I think that that's sort of, you know, L'ador of went gone from generation to generation. And that's why we're so overprotective. And, you know, I mean, we, we get the same crap that are, come on, you have kids. Don't you have kids, right? Yeah, Eight we kids do. or how many you have. <laughs> um, and it's like, you're just, and do you, and are yeah. you, how
0: many kids do you have? I have two kids. And are you, are you all that? Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's bad. Alisa, my partner's here. Uh, She's also a Jew. But um, apparently I talk to my sons too much on the phone. Um, <laughs> Where are they right now? Uh, Henry's at Indiana University in Bloomington. Uh, I've spoken to him. The bastion of not Jewish, Jewish. Life. There's I mean, a lot of Jews there. I'm there? not kidding. Yes, it's a big Jew. He's at the Jew frat. He's at Sammy. And uh, I've spoken to him today. I'm going to say three times. LAUGHTER uh, <laughs>
3: And what has he eaten? Very
2: important. And what um, has he eaten
1: today? Is he
2: okay? Is uh, he, oh, I don't know what he's is he eating. Cold um in He's kosher, but he d- he thinks he's more kosher than he is. Like, we'll go to the diner, and uh, we spend a lot of time at the diner. But we go to the diner, and he'll get, you know, something. Well, he'll have a hamburger, but he won't have cheese, even though the meat's not kosher. Uh, but then he'll get a milkshake, but he won't have it. He'll, he won't have it with <laughs> he,
0: wait, he waits I mean, five like, minutes. Yeah. What, he waits know? five minutes. A yeah. respectable five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, it's, bracha and, then and he used son. to
2: whenever I, because I started cheating recently. And he, you know, my mother passed away in 2015. And he used to say, I'm taking a picture and I'm sending it to grandma. You're in so much trouble. He used to threaten me that, you know, <laughs> every time I ate something non-kosher, you know, he was going to take a picture of it until. And the other son? Oh, Please. BLT. If he could no, eat a, I, I if mean, he could
0: turn what? I mean, where is he in life? Oh, <laughs> oh where, where is he? he? he actually, <laughs> start at the beginning. He was
2: just here playing basketball at the Jewish Community Center, and he. I said, he's like, oh, I'm going to come backstage, and he's six foot seven. I was like, no, you can't come backstage because it'll be, literally. We're all in this room. I, I mean, we're listening. You know, people are listening to this. But if he walked in, you'd be like, oh my god, look at that giant child. So, um, <laughs> he went home, but he's at. <laughs> At the apartment, I told him to roll on the roller because his back hurts.
1: Speaking of uh, giant, <laughs> giant children that uh-huh. that make you know life yeah. weird for us. So the election of Donald Trump last year really kind of threw uh, you into a, into a little bit of a of a tailspin. There, you've been very. It's active. been
2: really. Uh, I he I there are no. Wor- I don't know what to say. I can't believe that he can behave that way and keep his job. Anyone else would be fired. Any wife would be like, get the hell out of here. And any mother would, you know, send their son to either therapy or have them, you know, kidnapped and go to the, you know, wilderness
1: something. Because there's... Well, as you said on Colbert, like, I can't believe, like, we've elected the only New Yorker who doesn't go to therapy. Who's never
2: been to therapy. I mean, he he has he is so not
1: self aware do you think he's funny by the way no he's not, not funny
2: you know he's the only person who can be satirized on saturday night live and be mad about it i mean that's like if someone imitated me on Saturday Night I'd be like, oh, my God, I, I made it. I'm so happy. You know, it's he's the most unfunny person. He has no sense of humor. He, You have to have a sense of awareness to be able to laugh at yourself and to be able to look at someone and say, oh, yeah, I do that. It's pretty funny. He, none of that. And and Trump supporters are also not funny. Like they it's like you write a funny joke about him and it's and I, I don't want to curse you can curse. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I got an okay from Jim, so that's good, Father Jim. But, um, you know, they call, I, I can't say the word, but. Uh, you can say the word. Cunt. They'll yes. call you a cunt. They'll call you, you know, you're disgusting. It's, it's unbe- they That's how they
1: fight back. Let me ask you this, since we're on Trump and other uh, deeply unpleasant topics. uh, You, uh, and it's probably my role in this panel to say this, but uh, there are so many reasons why I love you dearly. But one of them is that you are uh, unabashedly uh, supportive of the great state of Israel. Right. I get a lot uh, of shit for that. I imagine as a a gay comedian is not exactly the kind of default position that people would expect.
2: It's, you know, I am very socially left and liberal and my politics are very left. You know, I, I am a bleeding heart but you, you say you're pro-Israel and it, how dare you? It's read a book. You know? Look at the history. Look at what Israel has contributed to the world at large. It, the, the thing that really upsets me most, the LGBTQRSTUVJWXWZ community Um. <laughs> The, the people in that community who, at at a conference recently in Chicago, I don't know if you knew this, uh, a wider bridge was there. Now, a wider bridge is a, a, a Jewish organization that is bridging, you know, Jews who practice Judaism and are gay and, you know, whatever. Uh, and they had a Shabbat dinner. And the other, some other groups there, LGBT groups, protested. Uh, because of Israel and Palestine. And I, I'm thinking, you're at a gay conference, this LGBT, you can't be LGBT in any of those other, they have a gay pride parade in Israel, in Tel Aviv. Um, people are gay and they oh, they openly serve in the military. I mean, I, I read a book. Read a book and and often the information they give me about Israel is erroneous and and, and one sided because they don't realize that okay israel has has rockets thrown at the you know being shot at them all day long. We're supposed to be like, oh
1: sorry, you know have you performed there have you have you i did there? i
2: went to i went to what was perf- that like? I loved it. You know, it was interesting
1: because... Did you do an accent? We're like? Hey, I, I said, listen, um, My name is welcome Goss. to the show.
2: Uh, I'm so happy to be here. Uh, I did that a lot. <laughs> Why do not Israelis do that all the time? <laughs> I was about to ask you, what is up with that? <laughs> it's, oh, it's, and and, it's and Jewish strange. women do it. <laughs> 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 so... I went Nobody to Israel. Does. I did. I did a uh, this uh, Kobe Mandel Foundation brings comics over twice a year, and so we did. Uh, I was there for about twelve days, and it, the Jerusalem Post did an article, and I I was the headliner, um, and there were other the two other comics, uh, Ian Edwards and Ted Alexandro, not Jewish, and it's it, it's interesting because the audience is there. Love the non-Jews. Oh, you came. You were. You came. They hate the Jewish comedians. Oh, you, you're a piece of crap. But you know, you not Jewish. You're African American. You came here to us. You know, they appreciate them. And uh, the Jerusalem Post did an article, and uh, I had been told, you know, listen. Um. <laughs> if you could, uh, you know, the gay stuff, you know, you can do in Tel Aviv. Uh, we prefer you don't do it in Jerusalem. And Not so <laughs> much of the gay stuff here. Right. The, and meanwhile, uh, my act is not gay. I'm gay. But I mean, I have some jokes about, you know, my annoying, my, my loving girlfriend uh, who's a therapist. But, uh, but you know, I don't identify as a gay. Anyway, so the Jerusalem Post after I'm told, you know, don't do any gay jokes, which didn't affect my, my life at all. But, uh, the Jerusalem post, the headline was lesbian comedian
0: <laughs>
2: performing for, and it's like, really, you're the ones that are obsessed with it, you know? And, and so that was sort of, you know, a little bit annoying, but, um, it was such a great experience. On behalf of my
1: people, I really, I really apologize it's, for yeah. that. He means journalists. <laughs>
0: so lesbian comedian Judy Gold
2: I mean what do they expect you, if you're a lesbian you. <laughs> comedian
0: like do you only perform for women do you like what is that if you see Jane Lynch at something you're like right. oh you think you're tall yeah that's exactly what happens that I'm
2: like, oh my god oh, you think you're a lesbian I have you, think seen, you think you're a you lesbian know, before she uh, became you know the well known Jane Lynch I used to see her at auditions in LA all the time and I was like oh she'll get it because she's not Jewish
0: <laughs> but and she did I think she- <laughs> And there she is in Maisel. Yeah, she's yeah. on Mrs. There Mizzle. she is in yeah. okay. So, um... Why?
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: You're an accent whiz. I am? So we've, we've heard you do a few accents. Do you have a favorite? And can you do Australian for Alyssa Goldstein? I can't
2: do Australian. Uh, I was doing German for a while. Because, by, by the way,
1: apparently Trump does the Indian prime minister. I know, <laughs> I just
2: heard that.
1: Yeah, he's so classy, isn't he's he? He's all class.
2: It's the other thing about he's not smart. You know, that's the other thing. Like, I think this president of the United States should be smarter than me and has read more books than I have and know more about the government than I. You know what I mean?
1: Well, he could eat more McDonald's than you can. Uh, if so that's a consolation. How is he
2: a li- that is such a lie. He's 239 pounds. There is no way he is 239 pounds.
3: I'm almost 239 pounds, okay? What? Co- co- I don't know. Can we hear your German accent?
1: Oh.
2: It's, 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 Elisa <laughs>
3: wants to kill me every time. It's triggering. All right. For ice, ready? But...
1: Oh, what? yeah? Can oh, you, do, you a... do an obscenity warning in Oh, as, yes.
0: Yeah? I, I have to do an obscenity warning. Yeah, we do oh. in German accent. Or whatever. You can do this, you want. This uh,
2: podcast today <laughs> has uh, some uh, fucking obscenities <laughs> in it, and I was going to warn you. Is that you. I don't know. <laughs> um Does Judy have a question for you guys? Oh, yeah.
1: Do you have a question for us as a listener to the show?
2: First of all, who thought of the podcast? Who thought of it? Oh, it That's was easy. Mark's idea. It was
1: Mark. Sadly, it was Mark. <sighs> Sorry. We um, really didn't want to do it. Like both of us. We all like, thought how do we say no politely to right. Mark? We definitely we thought that, he's that too. He's like very did, persistent. Yeah. No, I said
2: yes. Did you think it would be and it's popular, you know? Did you think it was
3: gonna be? No,
2: I One thought, of us like,
1: did. We, yeah, yeah. I thought,
3: I don't, didn't understand why anyone would want to listen to us doing what we do all the time. That's right. And like, why would, I don't even want to listen to us do that. Right. So like, I just am surprised always when people are like, I love listening to you guys. And I'm like- I love it because, you know,
2: I don't know. It's just, I, I you know, I'm, you, you we were talking, you were talking about ethnic Jews versus Jewy Jews and I'm sort of like the Jew police for the comics, you know? Like, I'm like, you worked on Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> you, do you really? You know? Oh, my, I can't believe it. I'm like, you can't take two nights off? You know, I'm horrible. will be like,
1: Seinfeld, it's Shmini Yatserad. What yeah. are you doing? in a beacon. Are you that it's person? It's Tubishvad. <laughs> um, why do we have
0: Tubishvad? Seriously, nobody that knows. one it's is ridiculous. Nobody but,
1: knows. I just, Jim's hearing
0: about holidays he's never even knew existed. He oh, went no, to Panama. He, <laughs> he, he knows Juba Okay, yeah. He knows, knows Tube Shivaj. I have
2: so, I have a lot of questions for Jim. You yeah. know, I always because I grew up so Jewy. Um and you know, my mother, they all hate us. Everyone hates us. They all hate us. They're gonna call you a dirty Jew. They hate you. Everyone hates you. Every you know, that's how I grew up. And so now I think, you know, everyone. And they do, essentially. But I don't think Jim does. But no. I'm wondering, do you think... Now, because you believe in heaven and hell, right? We don't.
0: Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it's controversial. No, yeah, it's unclear what it is. Yeah.
2: This is what my mother... This is how loving and warm my mother was. I'm like, Mom, what happens when you die? Your battery dies, that's it. It's over. <laughs> um, <laughs> swear to God.
0: That's what I'm going to tell my kids. That's yeah, good. Yeah, that's I what like she that. said. Good it's bad. out. It's done. I like that. Uh,
2: um. <laughs> But then, do you? Where do you? Uh, What's going to become of us? Is that what you're yeah, trying to ask? I'm like, are we know, fucked? Do you think? No,
0: no. Wait. Do you heaven? think we're going to go to heaven? Yes.
2: All of, of us. But how, where is we all going to fit? I mean, it's <laughs>
0: it's a big it's a big
4: place. Yeah. No, of course. I mean, when I look at my Jewish friends who are wonderful people and good, I don't think God's going to condemn them to hell. That doesn't make any sense to me. Would Pope me- Francis agree? I think so. I mean, God's mercy is a lot bigger than our little categories. Absolutely. I mean, I look at my friend, all my friends. It's ridiculous.
1: He's not going to condemn I- to hell. It's all going to be like the cheese lime and Zabars. <laughs> <laughs> it's never ending and Here's everyone's pushing and you just want to go home.
2: If you're not anti-Semitic and you want to become anti-Semitic, Go to Kosher Marketplace on Broadway between 90th and 91st, okay? It is every... I had a number! What? The number thing isn't working? Can I try? They, I mean, they want to try everything. I, it's so annoying. I want to kill myself in there.
0: Yeah. I have to be bad cop. But stay here. We're going to officially end, but you're going to stay oh for a second, okay? God.
2: I'm sw- having a hot
0: But can we tell you how much we love you? But can we tell you I how much we love you? I love you. I
2: love you. And I listened so to you at deeply. the gym here at the J. Uh, yeah, I love you guys. You're so great. And I love that there's young Jews who are into being Jewish.
0: It, a lot. Yeah.
2: And, not and I just tell just... my kids to marry Jews every day. and You know, you got a son at Sammy. You, you won. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, he's definitely. But I don't know about Ben. You, you gave know. it the
0: office, Judy. Thank you for being our Jew of the Week. Thank,
2: Thank you yeah. for having me. <laughs>
5: Cutest twist She's
0: grown up Before my eyes All at once I realize Judy, Judy, Judy I love you Leah Leibowitz Mazel Top of the week Fly,
1: eagles fly on the road to victory. I am so proud. Ugh, you must have been horrible at your bar mitzvah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 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 you proud. Of, of my birds. <laughs>
0: Go birds. Okay, Stephanie Budnick.
3: Okay, so I was recently on Facebook, um, and yeah, and. I started like confirming friend requests, just like I never do it, but I just like went through, and I just was like, okay, one mutual friend you probably listen to the podcast, like okay, we can be friends. And I right after I got a message back from Matt Sheeran, who's one of our listeners, mm-hmm. being like, this just made my day, and I was like, oh hey,
1: is he Ed Sheeran's younger brother? No, but spell, he's like spelled differently.
3: But he was like, no, it's like the S C H I, like the real yeah. Jewish one. And he's like, but you know what? Would, and I was like, oh great, like I'm glad. I still haven't confirmed my real estate broker. I don't know if you remember the Yom Kippur yes. episode, but like. I, he's still in the limbo and he's like you know what would make my wife stay if you friended her so I was like oh Is okay it Matilda, Is Matilda yeah so yeah. I was like your wife's Matilda we right? know our and Facebook he was like, <laughs> he was like yes that's weird so I friended her and I like basically waited and I was like well I friended her and then she waited a while to confirm me but I was like still on chat and so we were chatting and she confirmed me and I was like okay she confirmed me and he was like well I think she might be in a meeting like she's gonna freak out she's gonna freak out so she confirmed me and nothing happened and so then I sent her a waving hand emoji and I was like, I sent her this waving hand emoji. She's like, oh, she's going to freak out. And it says seen.
0: <laughs> and she never wrote back.
3: Anyway, I don't know who my muzzle tub is for. I think it's for both I of think them. It's Matilda.
0: My Mazel Tov, this is not a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cheating. I'm pulling a Liel, and it's, it's not a Mazel Tov. It's dare like, you? Liel does the, like, reverse triple Lundy Lutz Mazel. It's always Mazel, like which is,
1: Yeah, which is actually, like, an um, ironic. Muda Bas bought a new uh, $50 million jet airplane today. Did he? Yeah, he deserves the Mazel tov. So, but my Mazel Nothing tov- else the money could have gone to. It's a yeah. farewell.
0: It's a farewell to one of the great Western Massachusetts residents ever. It's a farewell to, uh, I think it was from. I think he lived in Belchertown at the end of his life, which uh, all Is the, the professor great at the professor at the University of, the-, of the University of Massachusetts, Julius Lester, who died this past week. He was the author of the best named book ever: "Look Out, Whitey, Black Power's Going to Get Your Mama." Um, but of course, he got the into— the story of Mark Up. But of course. <laughs> He got in touch in his later years with his Jewish roots, and he um, he had Jewish heritage, and then he converted halachically, I believe, and became a Jewish spirit. He led services uh, at any number chazen. of places. He was a chazan. Uh, and as I said, lived out his days in a city not far from my hometown of Springfield, the impeccably named Belchertown, Massachusetts. And he was a great soul. And uh, if there's a heaven, he's definitely in it. So that's my, my mazel tov is to him for the for the life well lived. Um Judy Gold, do you have a mazel tov? Well,
2: if you're going to give a mazel tov to, uh, someone posthumously. Yeah, you may. Uh, my friend Bob Smith passed away on Saturday and, um, all I can say is mazel tov for living his life to the fullest, making so many of us laugh. Uh, you know, I feel like a part of me passed as well, um, he was a novelist. But he right? yeah. He wrote. He wrote five books. Uh, his one of his last books. There's another one that that's done but not edited. Uh, he had ALS. He had Lou Gehrig's disease, and he, at at the end, um, he could only he could lift his arm up. He couldn't move his hands, but one arm he could lift up, and he would drop his hand so that one finger could hit the iPad, and he wrote this book Treehab that way and it's the most beautiful book about his love of nature and his his you know fight with ALS but he brought so much joy to so many and the greatest guy and I can't so if people
0: were to read one Bob Smith novel oh my
2: god um Treehab is amazing. It's a memoir, but the novel, "A Remembrance of Things I Forgot," um, is a book. is the only book I I missed my subway stop because I couldn't stop looking at you. Could stop reading. It's the only book I've ever read on the subway, and I missed my stop.
3: Can I also say um, a little bit of a shout out to you because you would actually read his books at book parties when he no longer could. I heard right.
2: Yeah, well, there was a bunch of us who would read for him. Yeah, um, Oh, he was just the greatest. It's just life is so unfair. It's just unbelievable. But yeah, so um, I don't know. I just Bob you Smith. Know, he was he was the most amazing
0: human. Jim, Mazel Tov for. Do we get a microphone to Father Jim?
4: Yeah, mine is very easy. Um, speaking of posthumous, one of the people who was the most supportive of my Jesuit vocation was my friend Rob Schlackman's mother, Ellie. Uh, In Newton, Mass. And uh, two stories. uh, They invited me to Seder um, one year and I went over and I was right in the middle of Old Testament studies. So I knew all this stuff. (laughs) And so I was sitting at a table and, you know, all the questions came up and and Ellie, Mrs. Schlackman said to me, well, Jim, why is, you know, this with Moses and Aaron? I said, oh, blah, blah, blah and uh, then she said why is this with the Hebrew people and I said oh well, blah 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 and she turned to Rob and she said why don't you know these questions yeah. as well as your Catholics uh, friend so we got out of the, the house and Rob turned to me and said that is the last Seder I'm You're ever, ever going to, to. wait so, can we
2: ask um, Jim one question
4: yeah which is better old or new testament
2: come on <laughs> Which is a better read? Come Uh, on.
4: As Jesus said in this situation, I pass. (laughs) Um, So last year, year, believe it or not, this is a true story, I was in Israel, and I was at the Western Wall. And when I go to the Western Wall, I pray for my Jewish friends. And I was walking into the the precinct, and my phone rang, which was very odd. And I thought, well, who could be calling me? And I was thinking of Rob and, and his parents, Ellie and Jerry. And I went to the Western Wall, and I prayed for Ellie and Jerry, his parents, who I love. And I walked out of the old city and I thought, oh my gosh, I wonder who that was, you know, calling me. It was Rob saying his mom had just died. So I feel really connected to her. So I want to say to Ellie Schlackerman, Mazel Tov and
0: Toda." Oh, thank you. God, he really... I'm telling you, he's got the accent down. He does. He does. Unorthodox is brought to you by Tablet Magazine, on the web at tabletmag.com. Write to us at unorthodox at tabletmag.com. Call our listener line and leave us a message. Follow Stephanie on Instagram at sbutnick. Join our Facebook group, now over 2,000 strong. Our show is produced by Alyssa Goldstein and Shira Talushkin, with help from Julia Frakes. Our artwork is by Esther Werdiger. Our show is edited by Noah Levinson. Our music is by Golem. online at golemrocks.com. Our mailbox theme is by Steve Martin, who has a new triple album coming out. Rabbinic Supervision by Rabbi Chaim Chaznov and by Rabbi Alex Lazarus Klein of Congregation Sheer Shalom in Buffalo, who we hear over Hanukkah dressed in costume to host Friday night's Star Wars Shabbat, lit a menorah made of lightsabers, and explained how the Maccabees overthrew the evil empire. <laughs> we recorded Argo Studios, but not tonight, no siree. Tonight we record at JCC Manhattan on the Upper West Side. <laughs> We're proud to be part of the Panoply Network. Shalom, friends.